Okay, let me just say this right here at the top. I love to eat. I love salads. I love pizza. I love brownies. And I also like to cook. Last night, I actually made mac and cheese in my Instant Pot. And it was so easy to do. I just hauled out my Instant Pot, put in a box of elbow noodles with some chicken broth, put it on high pressure for six minutes, opened it up, threw in some cheese, some sour cream, oh my gosh, to die for. Now, of course, we can't eat that all the time. I had like one itsy bitsy taste. Ian calls it a polite bite. And then I served the rest to him and to Barry. And here's the deal, thanks to the internet, you don't have to run down to the bookstore or library to find out how to cook anything or how to create a feast. You can go online and find thousands of food bloggers and YouTubers just ready to demonstrate delicious recipes. And they give you the step-by-steps. And this keeps you cooking at home. And all of a sudden, you're a gourmet chef. You can find something for everyone. Gluten-free diets, low-sodium diets, vegan diets. There are also recipes aimed towards those ambitious types who want to prep their meals for an entire week. And let me tell you something. These bloggers, they're not just hobbyists. They're actually making serious money doing what they love. Hi there. I'm America's Digital Pro, Kim Commando. And in this Commando On Demand podcast, we're going to talk to some veteran food bloggers about how they got started and how they grew their blogs. And we're going to learn how one blogger gained almost 400,000 followers. That's huge. In just a year. If you want to share your recipes and cooking expertise with a worldwide audience, I'm going to give you the steps on how to do that. Just sit back and take some notes as these food blogging experts share their expert advice. came from my friend Adam, who is an Australian chef. First up, we're going to meet food vlogger Stephanie Tornatore of Fit Couple Cooks. This is a YouTube channel with more than 400,000 followers. Stephanie is living a dream that so many of us have. Maybe you want to make a living by writing and talking about food. And let me tell you something. As I researched food bloggers, I was surprised to learn just how much money you can make. I mean... Let me tell you, there's a small fortune with food. Bloggers Lindsay and Bjork Ostrom of Pinch of Yum disclosed their income on their site for a while. Are you ready? The numbers are really just staggering. Get this, more than $800,000. Wow, wow, yes, yes, I love it. All right, not all of that is just from the blog. The couple, they have set themselves up right. They have affiliate products, they've got sponsored posts, advertising revenue, and also they do some public speaking. But all of it stemmed from their food vlog. And thanks to social media, bloggers have dozens of ways to grow their blogs and their fans and their sites. You've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Growing a social media site into a six-figure income, I'm gonna tell you right now, it's not easy. It's no overnight success. But for food bloggers and vloggers, the opportunity's certainly there. Let's go back to Stephanie of Fit Couple Cooks. Stephanie's primary focus is YouTube. She started her channel right after college when she noticed that people her age, well, they're just eating out too much. 
She created Fit Couple Cooks to help busy professionals and families plan their meals for a week or more at a time. So let's start at the beginning. Stephanie, how did you make the leap to becoming this world-renowned food vlogger? In the beginning, I'm sure plenty of people thought I was crazy. You know, I would <laughs> I would always show on my Facebook, hey guys, check out this new video. And I'm sure people were like, what the heck are you doing? I quit one of my jobs. I quit a job and I told my manager, hey, I'm leaving because I am committed to making this YouTube thing work. And that friend you heard of speak in that video is now her husband, Adam Banner, the other half of Fit Couple Cooks. They began a long-distance relationship, traveling between America and Australia, and then they decided to get married. So, Stephanie, you guys then started growing your subscribers together. I believe that we did that just from authenticity and sticking to our brand and never just, you know, we've turned down a hundred grand easily in deals from other companies that are offering us money to sponsor their product. And we're like, no, we are, we're on a mission to make the world healthier and your product is not going to do that. So we turn them down. Let me tell you something. You have so many recipes on your channel. All of them look super delicious. You must spend hours in the kitchen. I think it's more of like, we don't necessarily go to the kitchen to say, hey, let's test this recipe. It's usually more of like, we're just going to cook for the day anyway, and let's kind of see what we can come up with. Stephanie and Adam promote meal planning. Let me tell you something. I've tried this in the past, where you spend a Sunday, you cook all your meals, and you put it in the little containers, some in the refrigerator, some in the freezer. Okay, it can save us money and time. So what happens is when you're meal prepping, you actually go into the store with fully, with a full intention of, I am buying this broccoli and it's going to be cooked tomorrow with this meal prep. So right away, you're not wasting food. When you start looking at the recipes, Stephanie and Adam's broccoli, chicken, and rice recipe. Pretty basic stuff. You take some broccoli, got some chicken, you got some rice. But this particular recipe has been viewed more than 5 million times. And that's not even the most popular recipe. We named it Steph Curry because it was just something that I kept making. And I said, hey, let's turn this into a video. Um, it's, it's literally called Steph Curry. It's a delicious curry over rice. What's really cool is that you started as a food blogger on YouTube. And now you've kind of gone a little old school. You've written a cookbook, right? So in this book, we have full 12 weeks meal plans. So each week has multiple recipes that you can cycle through the week. And we have a whole, um, like a guide to show you how to cook all of the recipes for the week at once. So you can cook in the kitchen for maybe three hours, make all those recipes, clean the kitchen, and then not have to cook or clean for the rest of the week. Stephanie and Adam have really found a way to connect with people and to make meal preparation fun and interesting. And coming up, I'm going to be speaking with food blog veterans whose focus is salt. And also, we have a food vlog rookie who has actually found success going gluten-free. It seems to be a trend nowadays. Meal planning is a great focus for a food blog, and so are specialty recipes. Ashley Rodriguez joins me now to share recipes from her blog, Not Without Salt. And when you start talking about salt, we're not talking about being salty. That's a term that teenagers like to use when you're not happy. We're talking about getting rid of some, maybe even all of the salt in your diet when you're preparing your foods. And so many people are now struggling with this. So Ashley, how did you come up with this idea? 
So I was actually looking through a food quote book that I had, and I came across this quote that James Beard wrote saying, where would we be without salt? And I loved that idea. Um, I come from a sweets background. I always worked in pastry and restaurants, and so I wanted to make sure that people understood that salt just isn't for savory food, but I also wanted to share not just sweets, but also savory. So, Ashley, you began when there were only a handful of foodies riding online and doing videos. I bet you it's changed a lot since then for you. When I first started, I had no aspirations because I just didn't even know what what this was. I thought it was kind of a great way of um, keeping my hand in the food world while I was raising young children. But I always just assumed that I would go back into restaurants. So you didn't go back to the restaurant business, and your blog has been very successful. Severe Magazine named your blog the best food blog in 2013. What do you think is the one thing that you've done that has been, say, the overriding factor for your success? What, how I write on the blog is very authentic, very vulnerable and real, and I think it sort of created this tight-knit community. It's not, you know, I'm not following any big trends or not doing anything like way out of the box. So I think my growth has just been consistent over the years. You have a lot of really tasty recipes on your blog, let me tell you. But what has been the favorite, the one that the followers keep going back for? Uh, My salted chocolate chip cookies are one of my most popular recipes. Um, It's what I crave and make all the time and in fact we turned that recipe into a baking mix we all know that social media plays a big part in growing a food blog do you have any special tricks about using social media you have to be willing and able to evolve but also to do it in a way that feels genuine to you um you know i don't jump on every new platform that comes my way but um something that sort of resonates with me, like Instagram, I was like, oh, this sounds cool. And I was an early adopter, and I do think that is really important. Ashley and Stephanie are food blogging veterans, but I wanted to talk to a food blogging rookie, maybe somebody who's just getting started. Well, that's when I found Erica Heald. She started Erica's Gluten-Free Kitchen, that's right, a year and a half ago after she was told by her doctor that she needed to be gluten-free. But Erica, share the story with us that there was actually something else that happened that sparked you to become a food blogger. So uh, about the same time, my boyfriend was diagnosed with IBS and his doctor asked him to go on to a low FODMAP diet, which is a diet that takes out all sorts of things that irritate your gut, including gluten. So it's one of those really good timing kind of things um, where because of all that's happening in my life, I said, you know what, if I'm going to have to relearn how to bake and cook and all these things, I might as well start a blog about it. You have to know up front that Erica is not a woman who's sitting in her kitchen cooking gluten-free all day. She is actually a master content marketer. What that means is that she has this great understanding about how to drive traffic to a blog. It's the old thing. If you build it, will they come? Not really. You have to know how to market anything on the internet. So Erica, what are some skills that other people need if they are thinking about growing their own blog? I've really focused on SEO primarily, and I think that's why um, the blog has had such good results. I'm actually on page one of Google results for uh, several of my keywords, and it's 100% because I went with a WordPress theme that is very um, SEO friendly 
has a, have a really good recipe plug-in, all that kind of stuff. So I think that's why I've been able to get a lot of traction pretty quickly. You know how when you go to Google, Bing, or Yahoo, or any other search site, you type in a certain phrase, and maybe certain results appear at the top of the page. And if your results are on page two or three, you might as well not even bother being in Google, Bing, or any place else because nobody looks at page two or three and more of a search results. Well, getting to the top of the search results is known as SEO or search engine optimization. That gets your business on page one of Google. That's where the action is. So how'd you do it? But it really comes down to thinking when you're writing, thinking through who would be looking for your content and what would they be typing into that search field? And then how can you create content that reflects that? So if this is just your passion project, do you spend a lot of time in the kitchen? You know, Kim, I'm in the kitchen every day. Um, I'm probably, I I end up working on a new recipe over, usually over a few weeks because I want to get it right. And you also have to not only get it perfectly right from the recipe standpoint, you have to get that perfect shot. Um, of of something as well. Yeah, let me tell you, pictures are also so important. And there's an art to taking food pictures too. Although I have noticed with my new iPhone 10 that it's a lot easier because you have now natural lighting and contour lighting when you're taking any type of pictures. But it's really helpful when you're taking food pictures. On your site, I noticed this really strange recipe. Okay, it's bean-free chili. But it's for people who are gluten-free and they also have irritable bowel syndrome. I mean, these are the type of recipes that you're doing. Uh, that one is really popular. And I think it's because people people are like, how am I going to make a chili without being able to put beans in it or onions? Um, it's a huge challenge. And I have a really fun recipe and it looks really, really good and it tastes really good. So Erica, I know a lot of our listeners in this podcast are probably thinking, hey, I can cook mac and cheese. I make great beanie weenies and I can grill a steak like the best of them I should be a food blog star so what type of advice can you give them I say uh, start as a side hustle do that blog on nights and weekends invest in making sure you've got a theme that really puts SEO uh, right at the forefront get a good camera take some classes or watch some videos But like everything, it's just so competitive. It is a really competitive kind of thing to do. And you've got to find that right niche. If you're just, you know, hey, I'm a food blog. I love food. That's great for you. But realistically, it's going to be so hard to compete on a traffic basis if you don't have a niche. Let's ask the veteran now, Ashley. So any tips for our aspiring food bloggers? You know, the best piece of advice that I give, I get these emails a lot, and I just say, just do it, because I hear all of those reasons, and quite frankly, they're just excuses, Um, and because it is hard, and it is a lot of work, but I hope primarily it's passion-driven, and if that's the case, then you're going to love it. That's great advice for anything, Ashley. Follow your passion, do your best, and be the best, and specialize. Congratulations, Ashley. Thanks, Kim. I appreciate that. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm getting a little hungry. Maybe for even that instant pot mac and cheese. Oh, my gosh. White, sharp cheddar cheese, a little sour cream. Amazing. I'm America's Digital Pro, Kim Commando. Hey, thanks for listening. And by the way, 
So many people have asked me, this is not the Kim Commando Show radio show podcast. To find my show nearest you, head over to commando.com slash radio. And if you want to watch or listen to my show anytime on your schedule, go behind the scenes, watch the show being recorded, use our message boards, be part of the community, head over to getkim.com. Once again, that's getkim.com. And I'll see you next time.